the Big Bets on Campus podcast. 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 All right, here we go. What's up, everybody? It's Big Bets on Campus, the new BCS episode one. Say, what is the new BCS? Well, last year we had a sources pod. It was myself and Brett McMurphy, but now Stucky's going to join us on this midweek pod. And since it's Brett, Colin, and Stucky, it's the new BCS, baby. And you know what? Since (laughs) the playoffs expanding, we're never going to go back to the mass chaos that we had in years past. Week two uh, in the books, mass chaos. How's it hanging, guys? Going good for me. I bounced back from one and five last week to four and two this week. So I'm nearing uh, 500. So I'm happy about that. Did you secretly have any rice money this week and not tell anybody about it? No rice money. I should have had Kansas outright though, instead of plus 14, but I'll take it. To be honest, like we talked about Kansas on the podcast and you already had it in the script and I was really upset. That was going to be my best bet besides Pitt. And, uh, you know, Brett McMurphy comes in and and scoops it up. Stuck, how you doing? Uh, NFL go okay on Sunday? Yeah, big day yesterday. Uh, I went uh, eight and one, eight and two. Um, so it's a big NFL day. Got to enjoy those. You only get so many Saturdays, like Saturdays and Sundays in the fall, so especially college football. The bad days are so long. You're just like <laughs> begging for a winner for 14 hours, hoping hoping that the you know a BYU game in triple overtime at three in the morning goes your way. But the good ones, you got to enjoy them. Um, so it was a good weekend, but we're on to the next. And uh, it's probably going to be a bad weekend for me because I already started it off with a bet on Iowa minus 23. So we'll see how that works out. But uh, I will take credit for that new BCS name, by the way. We figured that out in Denver. Uh, I like it. I hope it sticks. And uh, pray for me and Iowa. I think Brett also put it in, Colin, the new BCS. Yeah, I, I feel like the first order of business yeah. for this new show is that you have to put it in now. And uh, we'll bet on Iowa football as a as – a, our first order of business for the show. Yeah. So I think that it's going to be really unstructured. It's going to be a lot like what Brett and I did for sources last year. We're always going to cover college football playoff. We're going to cover Heisman. We're going to cover late breaking news and we'll get you in and out of here real quick. And if there may be a couple betting deliverables in there before Stucky and I do our podcast later in the week, and then the three of us do our live show on Saturdays. So I got to start with Scott Frost being fired. Wait, that- Brett, did you just, he just, did you just see that? He just completely ignored me. He didn't answer the, is he going to bet Iowa question? Just, wa- just glance right over that. I, Stucky, I think has trolled me four times on Twitter this weekend about the Wisconsin bet. I am trying to get out of direct questions <laughs> with Stucky immediately. ASAP. Graham Mertz. Is bad. So, uh, Brett, tell me how we're firing. So, Trev Alberts thinks it's just too detrimental to have Scott Frost hang on another couple of weeks, even though he covered Oklahoma last year, right? I mean, it's right. just not not good enough to keep him around for another couple of weeks, right? I mean, everybody know, knew this was a foregone conclusion. It makes sense. And then now, you know, what does Nebraska do? He said he's going to talk to everybody. You guys have seen all the names out there. I've heard the same names. The question I have is, you know, Matt. Matt Campbell, Mark Stoops, those guys are listed as possible candidates. 
I don't necessarily know if those guys would leave where they're at to go to Nebraska. I think that's where Nebraska is right now. Bill O'Brien, you know, Alabama's OC, former Penn State coach, Texans coach. He could be a possibility. Someone told me today Matt Rule would could have interest if he's no longer with the Panthers. The issue there is their season won't end until January unless he gets cut go early. I doubt Nebraska wants to wait an extra month to hire a coach. So it's just it's a it's one of the hardest jobs in America, I think. And Bo Pelini told me that when he was coaching Nebraska, you're no longer able to recruit Texas because you're not in the Big 12. So you have to recruit nationally. And it's hard to get people to come to Nebraska because I love Lincoln, but it's not the warmest place in the world in the winter. And so this will be fascinating to see where they go. But I think they'll, you know, Trevor Alberts will make some big swings. But I think some people will probably turn it down before they settle on somebody, possibly like a Lance Leopold at, at Kansas or, I don't know, maybe Chris Chris Kleiman at Kansas State. I, I think that's more realistic than a than a Stoops or a Matt Campbell. But we'll find out. Yeah, both are. Right. Was, was was there an alum that was just so embarrassed that said, "I'm writing the check here for the buyout. I can't do another day here." Because wasn't I? I assumed that Frost was going to be just a lame duck through the month because what, nine million they would have saved. They waited till October one. Yeah, I mean, at that point, it, I think every, I mean, everyone knew it was going to happen, and it's like, what are we? Are we really going to go through all this and save money just to, you know? drag the program down even further. You know, Fox is the, it's their big game Saturday. Also, what's ironic is actually the first, going back to last year, the first article I ever did with you guys with action was when I broke the news that Nebraska had NCAA violations um, involving Scott Frost. And part of that story was Scott Frost had tried to cancel the OU game, tried to cancel the OU series. And did it behind his AD's back, the AD before Trev Alberts. Well, Scott Frost got his wish. He doesn't have to play Oklahoma now. <laughs> Brad, there was something up at big, at big uh, at media days, and there you go, Stucky. You can catch. There you it. go, Stuck. Yeah, under, under three minutes. Cash. Some, for some reason, the structure of Big Ten media days, like Scott Frost, went before everybody else. Like he had his individual interviews before they did the main stage, and everybody came on. And Frost was not the warmest interview of the entire day. No, yeah. Yeah, it's, I just keep wondering, go back in my head, like, has, have things been pretty tense and uh, has this already been figured out for quite a while? Stucky, um, I'm in Vegas. It's early in the morning. Openers hit the board. Uh, you want 14. I want 14. It goes up to 15. I can't get over to a place to get money down. We're down to 11 and a half. That thing got stung all on the Cornhuskers. What do you what do you think in this? Yeah, pr- pr- appreciate you. Uh, appreciate you. <laughs> running over for me. Uh, Our podcast me was out. an hour and a half. Come on. Uh, so, yeah, by the way, AP Top 25 comes out. Brett, Oak State yeah. alum. Colin, right? Isn't it out? Yeah, it's out. Yeah, the Colin, Colin, Arkansas. I'm in Lexington. Okay. All right, it's Oak State. All in the eight. top 10. Kentucky's nine. Poor little Arkansas's 10, by the way. Uh, but all in the top 10. And uh, I wanted to sync it with the new BCS. Yeah, it's perfect. Um, so, yeah, this week uh, it's there's some ugly games on the board, but um, mainly in the Big Ten. Like, who in their right mind is laying 17 and a half with Rutgers, 37 uh, with Wisconsin, totals 46. Uh, I played the under there, by the way. New Mexico State unders are just wonderful. I've had this will be my fourth one of the year. Stuck, uh, Iowa minus 23. Stuck. I'm the crazy one going Iowa minus 23, but uh, 
yeah, so quarterback injuries to watch and um but uh it's another week, another week to grind. Wait, what's up, Rob? Stuck, would you take Nebraska plus eleven or that's just that's did. too low? Just oh, at plus 11? eleven and a half. Yeah. Okay. Uh just took plus eleven and a half. I I was able to get like pennies down on um over 14 literal pennies that I'm like from people in from other people that were in legal states. Uh, so I didn't get much at all. Um, but I think this look ahead line was five and <laughs> two, two weeks ago. And then it opens up over 14. Obviously Nebraska gets downgraded because they lose that home to Georgia Southern um, big downgrade, but two things, Nebraska last year, arguably the best under, we've seen this with Frost. He loses a favorite one possession games. And then they're like the best underdog bet in the country last year. Played every single top 25 team down to the wire. Also, Oklahoma was up, was down three nothing with two to go in the first half against Kent State. Like, let's not act like they were uber impressive. And yes, I'm bringing that up. That Thanks game, for reminding uh, me. Because yeah. <laughs> he laid 30 in the first half. But um, yeah, and then everyone agrees that like Scott Frost, not the best decision maker. It seemed to me that the his players were done with him. Just watching them on the sidelines, like, like it was just. So it can only be a positive that he's gone, right? And now everyone has written them off, double digits, anything about buck 10, half to play. Uh, so, yeah, go corn. Time to take a bigger bite out of this corn stock. Uh, yeah. Just lose by one possession. It's fine. We go, everyone goes home happy except Nebraska fans. So I, let's pivot into who's going to be next to be fired. And, I, and, Brett, I know you and I were, we were tossing around, the three of us, about who's in more trouble, Texas A&M, or Notre Dame, Marcus Freeman's 0-3. And, and as I'm sitting here right now, uh, Ben MGM just getting whacked down to 10 on this spread. For, uh, Cal is, uh, I don't know, maybe Cal's single digits by the time kickoff comes. But, Brett, who is uh, who do you think is in worse shape right now, Texas A&M or Notre Dame? For this season, Notre Dame. But as far as how expectations were, I'd say Texas A&M. A&M still has to go at Mississippi State, at Alabama, at Auburn. They have LSU at home, Arkansas neutral. They have Miami this week. I mean, their offense stuck. I know you watched the App State game. I don't know if you did, Colin. They did nothing on offense. They had a kick return for a touchdown. And it reminds me of Saban when he was at Alabama. And it's so comical now. He was for a proposal that would require the offense to give defenses time to set up. That's how slow Saban wanted to play. Well, obviously that didn't pass. Saban adapted, brought in Kiffin. We see where they're at now. Jimbo's still running this pro-style offense. and. They were just, they were horrendous against App State. And I don't know, if, I mean, what do you think? Can they turn around their offense that quickly? I mean, I think AM's in worse shape based on the expectations because some people thought, Desmond Howard, they would actually get to the college football playoff or maybe win it. And now here they're looking at another seven or eight win season. And is that what, you know, I guess it's a million dollars for every win you get if you're AM, but I'm sure they're expecting bigger and better things than another eight and four season. Well, I'll pivot to stuck on this because I think Texas A&M has a fundamental problem because of the offense and the style that they want to run. But Stucky and I have been in this disagreement for a year about Marcus Freeman and how great we have a coach now. We're not arguing his recruiting. We're arguing his coaching. Now he's 0-3. Uh, stuck, who do you think is in worse shape, Texas A&M or Notre Dame right now? Texas A&M. I, I, I agree with Brett. I, like, I think Freeman is – uh, a great defensive coordinator. I know you disagree. Defensive schemer. We know he's a great recruiter. He might have uh, provided a little bit of a blueprint for defending Ohio State. We'll see. Um, 
but they lost their quarterback for the year. Both are in rough shape this year. Uh, but the Texas A&M offense is it's you, you're right, but Alabama used to be like, you know, they would be one of the most talented teams in the country under Saban, but they were like, let's pound the rock, right? We're going to run it. We're, we're not fast. Win with our defense. And Saban adapted, you, which is what you have to give them credit for. Now they, you know, maximize possessions, spread you out, you know, really maximize the talent that they get. So Texas A&M is getting the talent. Aren't they, weren't they the number one recruiting class this year? Um, but you're not going to win. Were, yeah. You're not going to win with that offense. Because what happens is you get in games like App State where they're low scoring, higher variance, um, and then you go down and your season's over. Um, So, yeah, until I see the offense change, um, it's – and Fisher is supposed to be the – the quarterback whisperer, right? Uh, remember he got that he got that uh, nickname, and because of uh, famous Jameis, I think is where yeah uh, that really stuck. And uh, the quarterback play at A and M leaves a lot to be desired. So yeah, both teams this year in rough shape. I would rather be Notre Dame because uh, they got to get yeah. I mean, look, they, they need more a little more talent at, at receiver. But I think that they're, you know, I mean, I don't love their play calling either on offense, but they're a little, I think they're a little more likely to see where we see a modern offense. Uh, but yeah, rough weekend for both. So no, yeah, no kidding. But let's, uh, let's also remember that the defense, I did not, I know Mike Elko left, Stucky and I love Duke. We're talking about their tempo and how well they've been able to play, but bringing in DJ Durkin to call a scheme he's never called before. The defense hasn't been great either. The offense had no red zone attempts. I just think, yeah, I agree, guys. We'll go, we'll go down. Uh, we'll, we'll all say Texas A&M is in more trouble than anybody, which makes me feel good about Arkansas. Uh, although I'm a little bit nervous about that defense. That's a whole nother subject. Let's flip over. Let me ask Brett before we get into Heisman talk. How hard was it to pick a group of five team for your bowl? Because you have one group of five team that gets to make a New Year's six. I believe you had Marshall. How hard yeah. was it to pick Marshall? Because, I mean, the whole entire Sun Belt, you want to throw them in the New Year's Six. Yeah, I mean, look, I mean, part of the, at this point, it's more to recognize schools than anything. You know, I joke that on Selection Sunday, I hit 92% last year. But this time of the year, I'm about 9.2% accuracy. So it's kind of more recognition. I actually think, even though I've got Marshall in there, I'd say Air Force maybe has a better shot to run the table. We'll see. But, um, you know, it's either Marshall at this point, I put him up there. I'm just, look, I vote in the AP poll. I had Marshall 13th. Maybe that's too high. I had App State 20. Maybe that I overflated them, if you will. Neither one of them made the top 25. A&M still in the top 25. Why are they in the top 25? Oregon's in the top 25. Look, anybody can lose to Georgia 49 to 3. Um so yeah, you know, give the give the little guys some some love every once in a while. But um, you know, they gotta I already put it in the app, bowling green plus 17 against Marshall. Massive flat spot. Just can the Falcons keep it close? Stuck, I know you've liked bowling green in the past, I hope. I I, I lean that way for sure. I probably I probably will join you. And uh, I'm a huge fan of Marshall. I have them, have them to win the belt. And I love what that staff is doing. I love what they did in the transfer portal to address some of the run defense issues. And but and remember, they're playing with their best player. They lost right before the year. Uh, but I love what Marshall's doing. Um, I hope they win the belt. 
Charles Huff's not going to be there very long. He'll be, his name will be up. Yeah, for- he's good. Yeah. What's, what's funny real quick is now, I don't know if you guys saw this, uh, Notre Dame pe- play, paid Marshall $1.25 million to play that game. To put that in perspective, they basically just paid a year's salary of Darren Ravel to, uh, <laughs> to lose to the Thundering Herd. Yeah, and the price of an auction ticket. <laughs> uh, so uh, you mentioned Georgia. I think it's time to pivot off to Heisman futures. Now, uh, Brett, Stucky and I get to join you as Heisman voters. I, you know, we said this in the summer. I, there's, I, Bryce Young is not going to win this thing. I mean, he, I, he's constantly under attack. And I think what's interesting about this Alabama team and what kind of gives me pause is that, Brett, we were here a year ago and all we could talk about is how bad their offensive line was and they still ended up making the national championship game. So what's the difference between this year and last year? I think it's the connection with the receivers with Bryce Young. Is that Do you, do you think there's – and by the way, the defense hasn't showed up. I think Will Anderson's on the back of a milk carton right now. But, uh, you know, what do you think from a Heisman perspective, Bryce Young – you know, odds are going to sink. They're going to drop one here in the SEC, and it that could be it for his Heisman campaign. I just don't think he's going to win it because the, I don't think voters want to vote for the same guy two years in a row. Now that you guys are voters, you can tell me or not. I think, I think when you start out, everyone picks at your your scabs, you know, calls out your warts. I think that's going to hurt him. Um, Stuck, I know, I know Stuck loves to bring this up. Where I said if Georgia goes 13 and 0, I think Stetson Bennett's got a shot. I actually think he does have a shot if they go 13 and 0, because the voters of the Heisman Trophy, other than you guys who just started, a lot of them, they look for the best player. They also like the best story. And what would be a better story than if Stetson Bennett, you know, kind of forgotten quarterback, leads Georgia, the defending national champs to a 13 and 0 record? I'm not saying he's the best player by any means. But I know how Heisman voters look at things. I think he would have a legit shot. Obviously, Stuck mentioned Stroud. That would be tough competition. He may lose votes to the wide receivers at Ohio State. Obviously, Caleb Williams at USC will get a lot of run. Ultimately, I think USC loses two games. I think that shuffles him down the pack. Um, Alabama, if they run the table, I think Bryce Young and Will Anderson, when he does show up, they'll split votes. Maybe I'm just trying to convince myself that to make myself sound smart. But again, if Georgia goes 12 and one, no shot for Bennett, but if they go 13 and zero, that means an sec title over Alabama, that last game, I think he's got a re- real shot at this. Yeah. You look, I, we were, we were making funny in the preseason, but I, I, he's in the mix now and it helps that, you know, Alabama's offense uh, on a national stage, look like that and uh, there's some worrying signs there just lack really lacked explosiveness and, and the protection was bad uh, this was against the Texas defense I thought it was gonna be improved but like they're not the 85 Bears um, all of a sudden overnight and yeah but I ultimately think Stroud's still gonna win it like Jackson Smith who will come back has been out so like that basically wipes him off as a possibility but he'll come back help his numbers Stroud should put up a lot of numbers and he's gonna have he's probably gonna Sweep, probably going to go undefeated here. Um, sweep the Big Ten schedule, which will be important. Because um, I agree, the fatigue with Young and what we saw against Texas, uh, it's going to be an uphill climb for him. And, um, yeah, but Bennett's definitely in the mix, um, for sure. And, Colin, by the way, Colin, I don't think who's we, your pick? Yeah, yeah, I mean, we, I we, we, didn't tell Colin, we didn't tell Colin yet, though, that the Heisman Trust, they voted to remove him from – 
voting because he bet Graham Mertz minus 17 and a half. <laughs> My goodness. I think I, I was setting the, the Graham Mertz bet at five and a half mentions from Stucky. I think we're up to five now. So we'll see if he gets mentioned before next uh, four week three rolls around. Uh, for me, I, guys, I, I don't like C.J. Stroud because Ryan Day is into this. We've got to learn how to pound the ball. If we're going to win the college football playoff, we've got to learn to run the ball. And that's just going to eat it to C.J. Stroud. And really, I mean, are we going to trust in Dylan Gabriel? I'm not there. I think there's two names that I want to mention before we move on to college football playoff futures. Let's say Quinn Ewers' um, injury is only about three more weeks. And then he comes up and just puts up astronomical numbers, which after what I watched the other day, he can do it. Uh, same thing with Cade Klubnik, although I'm not, I don't think we need to waste time on that because he got one passing attempt against Furman, which tells me that Dabo doesn't want some sort of, uh, Clemson part of the fan base coming out and saying, you got to get DJ out there right away. I think that one passing attempt from Klubnik is basically Dabo saying, I'm sticking with DJ ride or die college well playoff or not. This is going to be my quarterback. So pivoting back to yours, Brett. He comes back and Texas runs the table for the rest of the year and ends up in the Big 12 championship game and they win the Big 12 championship. Ewers is going to be a buy, correct? I mean, we got, we probably got to buy him now. Yeah, but if if they run the table and yeah, Stucky, I know you're surprised. Colin didn't mention, you know, that Sark follows him on Twitter. <laughs> Look, Texas will be a debt buy based on your power ratings, Colin. Texas, a double digit favor in seven of their final 10 games, toss up games with Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, TCU. So I guess potentially they could run the table, but I don't think anybody in the Big 12, even my beloved Cowboys, is going to run the table. I think whoever wins the Big 12 is going to have two losses. That means they're out of the college football playoff, and also I think that means they're out of the Heisman Trophy running. If you really think they're going to run the table, um, then I would put money on Ewers, but I don't think think it's going to happen. All right, some quiz time for you guys. Let's see what your answers are. Today, I got some promotion. I got some uh, material from BetMGM. They're, of course, one and two biggest liabilities for the Heisman Trophy is C.J. Stroud and Bryce Young. The third player we haven't even mentioned or talked about, he's in the Big 12. You guys got an idea who it is? Their third biggest liability at the book. Dylan Gabriel? Nope. Stuck, you got a Big 12 player you think the BetMGM does not want to win the Heisman. Their Heisman liability for this year? Heisman liability, their third highest. I was shocked when I saw this. Leftover tickets from Brock Purdy? <laughs> 12 I'm trying to... It's not Jalen Daniels. Um, Deuce Vaughn? It's Deuce Vaughn. Wow, you got it. That was great. Nice, yeah. nice pull, Stuck. Yeah, I didn't <clears> think you guys would get that. Uh, Deuce Vaughn, uh, Kansas State looking excellent against Missouri. And like we said in the summer, real sleeper for this conference here. So we'll see how the Heisman thing works out. Didn't you talk to him at Big 12 Media Days, Colin? Uh, Deuce Vaughn and I were at Big 12 Yeah, Media you guys Days. are tight, right? Yeah, I had him yeah. come over. Uh, I, I said, bring Adrian Martinez over here and show me, Deuce, how it is that you hold the ball when you run. Show me the clutch. And he goes, oh, they teach us in the NFL. And he showed me every way you should hold a ball and how you shouldn't. And I looked over to Adrian Martinez. I said, are you writing all this down? He said, yes, I am. So far, Adrian Martinez looking pretty good. Um, college it football. seems like no one pays attention to Kansas State football, though, which is the which is going to be work, work just going to work against them. Like no one ever talks about Kansas State. I just had to like rack my brain, even come up with him. But he's going to get Oklahoma at Oklahoma. He's going to get Texas. Those will be marquee games that a lot of people are watching. Win those games and have a huge day. 
um, could be in the mix. And win those games, and you may lose your coach to Nebraska too. Yeah. <laughs> All right, before we continue, as a reminder, the Big Bets on Campus podcast is proudly presented by BetMGM. So kick off the new pro football season with the king of sports books. Sign up with BetMGM using bonus code ACTION200, and your first wager is risk-free, up to $1,000. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Arizona, Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Kansas, Louisiana, Michigan, Mississippi, Nevada, New Jersey, New York, Pennsylvania, Puerto Rico, Tennessee, Virginia, Washington, D.C., West Virginia, Wyoming, or Ontario only. Must be 21 years or older to wager, 19 or older in Ontario. New customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable free bets or site credit. Free bets expire seven days from issuance. Excludes Michigan disassociated persons. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona, 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado, D.C., Kansas, Louisiana, Nevada, Wyoming, or Virginia, 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan, 1-800-GAMBLER in Indiana, Maryland, New Jersey, or West Virginia, 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa, 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY in New York, call or text the Tennessee Red Line at 800-889-9789 or 1-888-777-9696 in Mississippi. In Ontario, if you have questions or concerns about your gambling or someone close to you, please contact Connects Ontario at 1-866-531-2600 to speak to an advisor free of charge. Sports betting is void in Georgia, Hawaii, Ohio, and Utah, and other states were prohibited. Promotional offers not available in Nevada and New York. Uh, so let's move on to the college football playoff, guys. Are, are we, we're, we're going Alabama, Georgia in the SEC championship. Obviously, the winner gets in. The loser, I think the fly in the ointment and all this, and, and no one else is talking about this, Michigan is excellent to the eyes, and they're excellent in the box. And you might get a Michigan undefeated team going up against Ohio State. And if they lose that game, they might not play in their conference championship and they could still slip into the playoff. Happened before with Alabama. I think that's a real possibility. And that would really uh, put Alabama and Georgia, one of them. You can't have two Big Ten and two SEC teams in the college ball playoff unless the ACC just implodes. The Big 12 implodes. USC implodes, which two of those conferences usually do. Brett, what do you say right now? You say two Big Tens and two SECs? Yeah, I do. That's my bold projections. I've got wow. um, Georgia playing Michigan, Ohio State playing Alabama. I think Georgia beats Alabama in the SEC title game. Ohio State beats Michigan. Uh, Georgia gets the one. Ohio State gets the two. Bama the three. Michigan the four. I think it'll happen. I don't think the Pac-12 is going to have anybody with fewer than two losses. The Big 12 is not going to have anybody with fewer than two losses. The ACC We've seen Clemson's offense. I mean, Pitts has struggled. NC State, we don't know what, you know, they got past East Carolina. Miami, we'll find out if they're legit. The U, there Stucky, you go, Brad, right there. Stucky loves them. I picked them to go to the playoff before the season. I did, You know, we'll see what they do at A&M. Again, I don't, I don't want that to happen. People think when you project something or predict something, that's what you want to happen. I don't want that to happen. I think that's what will happen. And Georgia, Alabama, you guys know this, Georgia, Alabama, Ohio State, double-digit favorites the rest of the way. So if those three are 12-0 and 0, and then they lose, one of them, two of them lose in the conference title game, and Michigan doesn't stumble, yeah, as much as you hate it, they will be the top four teams. And the selection committee doesn't care. They could all be in the same conference, like 1971 Big 12 or Big 8. It doesn't matter. They're going to put the four best teams in, and that would suck for a playoff. Everyone would hate it, but I think it's a real possibility. BYU. You, I'll just say this. Would you rather have those four 
or the field right now to Most, make the playoff? By far. Yeah. Those so four. I'll take the field. Okay. Uh, there's, you also want to remember, well, this could work against them, but, um, you know, the ACC looks improved overall. Depp Duke looks looks way better. They were the worst team by far in the ACC. Florida State win over LSU. Miami is going to be better. NC State, we'll see. Um, but, like, yeah, the ACC looks pretty good. Now, maybe then it ends up cannibalizing itself. But yeah, I think the ACC think so. is better overall. And some of these Florida teams uh, are uh, on the rise for sure um, with Florida State and Miami. But, uh, yeah, the schedules definitely are uh, could lead you to, all right, they all end up with one or two wins. And then we're back to Michigan, Ohio State, Georgia, and Alabama. But, it's yeah, it's really hard to come up with, like, who else. That, but I, I'm gonna, I'll take the field. I'm going to say that one team uh, – or Texas runs the table, but uh, man, they should. They just won that Alabama game. They're in the driver's seat because then they could drop another one. Yeah. Um, but now it's going to be really tough for them. So uh, I'll take the field, but it's close. I'll say that one of the ACC teams gets in with one loss. Uh, so we'll see. Brett, I won't mention this again because they might lose this weekend. BYU may be the toughest schedule in the entire nation, sitting at two and zero right now. They got Oregon coming up. I know Arkansas is on that schedule is a brutal schedule, but an undefeated BYU team makes the playoff no matter what, correct? Unless our scenario with Alabama, Georgia, Michigan, and Ohio State happens. Right. Because we'll say that happened, then who are you going to put 12-0 and BYU? Are you going to put them over one loss Alabama, one loss Georgia, one loss Michigan, one loss Ohio State? I don't think so. They but- still have six or seven Power five games, um, so it's not as strong as a schedule as, as everybody else. But if you've got multiple teams with one loss, then absolutely they could be uh, this year's Cincinnati. Yeah. Yeah, I did, I did, I, you know, the uh, from the standpoint of Michigan may not play in a conference championship game because, of course, BYU wouldn't either. I just think the schedule is extremely tough. They're going to have to win a lot of games as a dog to get that, get that done. But I think, you know, what you saw against Baylor the other night, Pretty good indication this team's ready to fight, especially without their two top wide receivers. Well, I think it's going to do it for the the new BCS here. Brett calling the Stuggy, but before we go, what is your uh, what do you think your national champion is right now? If you had a, a betting deliverable on a national champion or maybe a conference, maybe a conference championship after two data points that you've seen on these teams, Brett, I'll let you start. You have one team that you like for the national title, or one team you like for a certain <clears throat> conference. I know you guys did the the podcast before the season. One of my long shots, I'll I'll stick with it. They're still alive. Uh, TCU to win the Big 12. They looked impressive against Colorado, who hasn't. But I I still think that that conference is so even, and I think they'll beat up on each other. I think TCU, with whatever those odds they had, pretty good odds, Mm -hmm. uh, I would still take a flyer with TCU. I know you think your boy Sark were in the table. That ain't going to happen. I have TCU in my back pocket. You know that. Stucky, who you got? Uh, I'll be, we mentioned this on the pod earlier this week. Uh, recap episodes on Monday. Go check that out. Voicemails, and we'll be back later in this week. Group of guys, five guys will be back also. Uh, at SMU. Um, I think the, th- the top of the AAC has looked weaker to me um, than I was expecting. And SMU has looked really strong. We like the coaching hire there. And uh, wouldn't be shocked if those SMU odds continue to decline 
throughout the year. Yeah, definitely a team that I've got on my radar for a conference uh, victory. It's around eight to one, not movement, much movement in the market with SMU and TCU in their respective conferences. So I'm going to let those two duke it out and probably TCU, if they run SMU out of the building, then maybe we'll get a better number on SMU. For me, guys, I'm going to wrap it up and say Michigan, because when you look at this schedule right now, they're around 30 to one for the national title. You can go up or down, find the best price. But look at this schedule coming up. Connecticut, Maryland, Iowa, Indiana, um, that 30 to one or better that if you can find that on Michigan, it's not is you know, you're not going to get this price in about a month. And the fact is, you're going to have to hedge that ticket in that Ohio State game. And if it's projected as a pick or even them as plus three, it's going to be easy to do that on a 30 to one because you wouldn't hedge it in the Big Ten uh, championship game at all. And maybe you're doing it in the semifinal or not. But there is value in that Michigan future right now just because the way this schedule is stacking up. And for what I've seen, the rest of the remaining teams on the schedule with Rutgers, Nebraska, and Illinois are the three games before Ohio State. Uh, that Michigan 30 to 1, that's probably going to end up being about 15 to 1 in about a month. The bigger question is who the hell is going to win the Big Ten West? I mean, yeah, look, Col- look what happened this past week. Iowa loses at home, Northwestern loses at home to Duke, Wisconsin loses at home to Washington State. Hey, now, Illinois. Purdue? Purdue, maybe? I mean, man, if Nebraska's firing their coach, those at home to Georgia Southern, the Big Ten West, rough, rough <laughs> weekend. Uh, complete opposite of the Sun Belt East, but uh, yeah, hopefully we don't have to watch Iowa football in the Big Ten Championship. Uh, Iowa, the only team in the nation with more punts this year than points. 16 punts, 14 points. Go Hawkeyes. What would happen if Iowa's offense played Arkansas's defense? Would they actually score a 50? <laughs> All right, we're going to cut it out here. This is uh, the new BCS brought to you at the Action Network. Big bets on campus. We'll catch you guys next week. Cheers. Later. Later.